0: Dr. Carl Haas was the popular host of nationally syndicated Adventures in Good Music. You can learn more about this series on our web blog, www.classicalmusic.network. And now, here is another episode of these radio broadcasts. Today, I have what you might call a Lulu. Let me say from the beginning that if you don't get the mystery composer today, I don't blame you. I'm not sure who can identify him. So why do I bring him? Because there's no other way of getting to have him receive a, a sort of a one-man show, and that he deserves. In other words, name the composer if you can. As usual, my first composition without any introduction or discussion. To music by our mystery master surely something which is not of the 19th century but not so far into our own time either as usual let me give you a few little facts here as a child this composer began his career as you won't believe this a civil engineer so you civil engineers who knows he took an examination Oh, this was very early in life. He was only barely 23 years old. But he had studied the cello as a boy. And so he abandoned engineering for music, even though he held an appointment at the patent office of his country for, oh, some 28 years. He then was a pupil of a master of his country for composition at a great school of music, And then, in later years, obtained a state grant to continue his studies in Germany, three different cities in Germany, Munich, Berlin, Stuttgart. And when he got back to his native country, he appeared as a solo cellist, became conductor at the theater, one of the theaters in that country. And that post he held until, oh, he was about, at this point, in his 40s now, pushing 50, as we say. And he was also appointed a music critic at the same time. How many composers have there been who were bona fide critics? Well, I'm thinking of one, Virgil Thompson. But a mystery composer is not Virgil Thompson. Let's go on to another phase, which is very prominent in his output, a mystery composer's output, namely a penchant to recreate a time long gone, just as so many other composers had done. In other words, new wine in old bottles. Here are two brief examples of that phase. Not bad for a civil engineer, is it? Civil engineer turned musician, fairly late in life. Well, fairly late, according to common standards. As I mentioned earlier, he was in his 20s already. He, our mystery composer, wrote this suite, obviously couched in the language, let us say, of the 18th century, but it would not certainly reveal... That this was written by a master who died as recently as nineteen seventy four. Mystery composer Quiz, once again, name the composer. He, our mystery master, was always concerned with furthering the music of his own country. He held very uh, varied positions which were of great importance. For instance, he was president of the League of Composers in his country, and for a while then, of a national organization, also secretary and then permanent member of the Council of Music of our time, in Europe, generally speaking. And then he was appointed a member and secretary also of the Royal Academy of Music. Okay, now we're narrowing narrowing it down somewhat. Royal academies exist obviously only in Europe. He was also interested in writing music for solo instruments and orchestra. And here is a proof of that, namely a movement of a concerto for French horn and orchestra. last movement of a horn concerto by our phantom master, who was always very colorful. As a matter of fact, he had a romantic vein which comes through in so many of his compositions. And perhaps another phase ought to be illustrated here. When he first appeared as a writer of incidental music for the theater, he did so as an exponent of what was then musical modernism. This was, oh, about 1913. He had studied in Germany and been confronted there with the new developments, and so he returned to his native country, and he was far too modern and consequently unintelligible in his style of composition, so many people thought. And yet he has been dubbed the Richard Strauss of his country. In fact, while studying in Germany, he met Strauss and attended his orchestra rehearsals, and the two of them kept in regular touch later on in life when they were both working as music administrator. But even before this, our mystery master had heard Strauss's opera Salome, which had left an unmistakable impression, and I think we can trace it to the music we're going to hear next namely something which is known as an oriental suite and specifically the dance music from it certainly has a bit of the oriental flavor of Strauss's Salome, the stands from the oriental suite by our mystery master. He had a fairly large output, I must say, nine symphonies. Here's that famous number nine again, and some of them prize winning. One of them was first performed by and recorded, incidentally, by Toscanini. He wrote operas, he wrote ballets, incidental music, gathered into a large number of suites. And I think it would behoove us to listen to the first movement of his first symphony, which he wrote when he was 24 years of age. Now, there was before this a rhapsody for piano and orchestra and a string quartet, but the work that we are talking about was written, various movements, between his having studied at the Institute of Technology in his native city i want to emphasize that uh, how difficult that must have been first movement of the first symphony let's see what it's like first movement of the first symphony one of nine symphonies by our mystery master and in doing so he followed the example of Beethoven and Schubert and Dvorak and a few others who wrote nine symphonies be that as it may he was between 23 and 24 years of age when he wrote this I'm not sure if you're getting any closer but I indicated when we began that this was a difficult one but it gives us a chance to listen to some of the music which we never, ever hear by this almost unknown composer today. Name the composer. As time went on, this master became the best-known composer on the international scene of his country. Many of his works were performed by such maestros as Richard Strauss and Wilhelm Furtwängler, Arthur Nikisch. I already mentioned Arturo Toscanini, Hermann Abend wrote, and then he won first prize in the Schubert Centennial Competition, that was in 1928, with his sixth symphony, which was recorded by Sir Thomas Beecham and also by the composer himself. He was a great champion of the music of his country, not merely his own, he was one of the founders, as I mentioned already, of the Society of Composers of His Country, And it is significant that at his debut concert in 1912, when he was about 29, two compositions by colleagues shared the program with a work of his own. He had completed his the instrumentation of his first opera. This was at the age of just about 30. And simultaneously he composed a lovely work called sinfonia piccola and this is his fourth symphony let's see if we have time for the first movement for sure maybe a little bit of the second the fourth symphony by our mystery master Well, we won't have time for the second movement, but let's take the scherzo instead. Will you settle for that? That, we can play all the way. It's very short. Sinfonia Piccola, the fourth symphony of our mystery composer. far as we can go. I don't want you to feel badly if you haven't the slightest idea who this was. I'm not sure if I could have told who it was, if I could have known, had I not been conversant with some of his works. Truly a forgotten master. The Swedish composer Kurt Atterberg. A-T-T-E-R-B-E-R-G. 1887 to 1974. As I mentioned, he was a graduate engineer and worked all his life at the Patent and Registration Office, studying composition with Andreas Hallen at the Stockholm Conservatory, but is considered really self-taught. He was also a music critic, an administrator, chairman of the Swedish Composers Society, Chairman of the Swedish Performing Rights Society and the conductor. And his principal output, as I mentioned earlier, comprises nine symphonies, among them the prize-winning number six, which is known as the Dollar Symphony, first performed in 1928 and recorded by Toscanini. And quite a few operas, ballets, incidental music, chamber music, large number of suites gathered from incidental music. A master worth considering. And the old question arises, if you would find that your symphony orchestra in the city in which you live would uh, suddenly schedule a symphony, one of the nine, by Kurt Atterberg, you would probably say, who wants to hear this? I don't know a thing about him. You miss a lot that way. I think he was a dramatic composer. He was an inventive composer. And to think that he had a double career, namely that of of an engineer as well, this certainly attests to his ability to have ready inspirational power. There are many composers who are composers, period, and don't have that inspirational power. And so I'm happy to bring you some of the compositions by this today practically unknown Swedish composer. I must admit, and I want to give credit here to my friend Sixton Erling, the great Swedish com- conductor, who made me acquainted with the music of Atterberg, of which he conducted quite a bit. What you heard was, first of all, the overture to Aladdin. This is uh, one of those pieces for which uh, he's perhaps a little bit known. Then a Baroque suite. You remember I mentioned that he was interested in recreating music of an older time. The Horn Concerto, I think, is a beautiful one. And all hornists, not hornist-nests, hornists, should be... uh, I I won't... I better be careful here. They they should feel uh, horny enough to, to look into this score. Then... The Oriental Suite, which really shows the influence of Richard Strauss. You heard the dance from it. The Symphony Number 1, the first movement. The Symphony Number 4, which is known as the Sinfonia Piccola. The first and third movements. The first one, Conforza, with power. And the next one, Scherzo. That's all we had time for. Another time, I'd like you to listen to one of the later symphonies conducted by Sixten Erling, and the Stockholm Philharmonic. It's an education and it's uh, always a great challenge to get to know something new, which is really old, yet so worthwhile that it we mustn't allow to have it go under.